that's the, the thing about wherever you are in your process, whether you started, I feel like it's kind of like that about like paying off debt and losing weight, like wherever you are in your process, just remember you're not where you were when you started. As long as you just take that next step. What's the process really like when you're paying off a mountain of debt? Today, we're going to get into the habits and mindset changes Tony and her family made to pay off over $100,000 of debt. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. I love a good debt-free story. I enjoy seeing others work hard to get rid of the credit cards, student loans, car loans, and other debts that are weighing them down. I also know from personal experience, it's not always fast or even a smooth process. For us, the first step was simply getting on the same page with how we wanted to tackle it. Then there was the reality of the numbers. My husband had his first job after graduation, and I had a part-time internship. With time, we found our rhythm, though, and knocked out the debt. I've also had quite a few episodes on this podcast and on Couple Money sharing people's journeys, including Tony Husband's. What I loved about their story was how real and authentic she was about the process. It wasn't a, we paid off $100,000 in a year and a half story, which, in all honesty, I do enjoy watching and reading, too. But when that's the main narrative that's being shared, it's a bit discouraging because these stories tend to gloss over key details. I've seen, as I dig through the article, where you have very important details, like both of them are earning six figures, or a parent helps them out to buy a house in an expensive city. My problem isn't that these things happen, but the fact when these stories are shared, it gives a false impression of how easy it is to become debt-free. So maybe it's not a polished story, but at least it's real. In many cases, when you're talking about becoming debt-free, it really is a commitment. At the end, not only are you freeing up your finances because you don't have that debt anymore, but you're opening up more options for your family. In this episode, Tony and I are going to be discussing a lot of new nuances and struggles that can come up as you're paying off your debt. We'll get into some of the hurdles and challenges her family had to overcome, which habits helped, and what she would do differently if she had to do it again, and opportunities that have become available now because they've paid off their debt. We got a lot to cover, so let's get started. I'm looking forward to what 2022 has to offer and how we can make the most of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you say that. I know anytime we can make a change is, is good. But this time of year, a lot of people that's on their minds, mm-hmm. they've hopefully had a nice winter break. They can relax their friends and family, but they're looking forward to accomplishing something, especially when it comes to finances. I think last two years for many families has been a case of let's just tread water. Let's just not get in a worse situation, but they're ready to tackle on, especially debt. That's one of the top three goals every year. I've had you on the podcast before 
and you're like my debt expert, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because you've been through that. You and your husband paid off over $100,000 of debt. One of the things I wanted to point out, which is I find amazing. First of all, that's a huge amount. But second of all, I think you're like most people. It was not an overnight. We paid it off in 12 months story. So for those who are just listening for the first time, do you mind kind of doing a high level review of that debt free journey? Sure, sure. So you're exactly right. It was not an overnight process. It took us seven years to do that. And that was all encompassing of creating that mindset shift. It took us a it took us a minute, I'd say at least twelve months to even just get on the same page that we both agreed that we should be doing this. And we paid off a hundred and seven thousand dollars of debt over that time, but we didn't start with that much money. Right. We didn't mm-hmm. start with that much yet, which just which kind of shows you like we were making progress and then life would happen or maybe a decision would be made and we would take on more debt. Then we would make progress and then something would happen or a decision would be made and then maybe some more debt. Would, you know, so it was kind of a it was a roller coaster. If you, not not really roller coaster. I would say like a like a, a, a trek. <laughs> yeah, it was you know, a winding like, journey. You know, yeah. Down. <laughs> Uphill, and then we slide down a little bit. Then we up, you know, and we started off probably paying off about, I say, about four hundred, four hundred fifty dollars a month extra. That's all we had mm-hmm. extra to 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 pay to, towards that amount. But then, as we employed the debt snowball process, and we committed to sticking with it after trial and error, after bumping heads, after taking time to get on the same page, the one thing I would say about our process, which I am thankful for looking back at it now is that we didn't give up. So yeah. while it wasn't a straight shot from A to Z, like I said, there was a lot of wind roads, there was pauses, there was second guessing and, and reflection, all of that, all of that in there. But the one thing that I'm that I'm very thankful for at on this side of the experience yeah. that we didn't stop. And that there's a there's a, a quote somebody said, I love it. It's just like if you haven't failed, it's just success and progress. So that's what the thing about wherever you are in your process, whether you started, I feel like it's kind of like that about like paying off debt and losing weight, like wherever you are in your process, just remember you're not where you were at when you started. As long as you just take that next step, take that next step. I think even sometimes it, you mentioned you might feel like you've been treading water for a little time. Sometimes it's like mentally necessary to just kind of like press pause. <laughs> you know? yep. like, just press pause and like just smell the roses for a bit, you know, or breathe for a bit or go through the process of getting out of that. So sometimes it just either things happen to you or decisions that you make and and it sounds good in the beginning, but you might it might <laughs> you know it might have a in there result. Yeah, it might have a different result, you know, further down the road. But each time like you learn from it, you've grown from it, you've experienced something, maybe uh, one one person in, in our case, one person wanted to do something they didn't, but there was you didn't have the details at the beginning to say like, you know, I'm feeling like this is not a good idea, but I don't necessarily have like this facts to back it up. So we just do it. And it turned out not to be such a good idea. But guess what? Folks, you now know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't ever have to have that that argument again. <laughs> so so it's just it's a process that it is a process that you mm-hmm. will get through it. Each experience is another lesson learned and it'll make you smarter, it'll make you stronger for the end. And eventually you will be sitting on the side of, of the podcast telling Elle how you paid out of it, how you cut out of your tail one day. 
I hope. I, I, yeah, I love hearing, you know, when people reach out emails or, or social media about that success. And it doesn't matter if it took them a year or took them seven or however long. I am so excited for that. And I love you brought out some really good points. First off, you know, when, whenever I share a story on the podcast, my idea is that I would like to give models with people's stories, take ideas from it rather saying, and giving them a map saying, oh, this is the plan. You have to follow it exactly. Because mm-hmm. we are all starting out in different situations. For some, they are maybe newly engaged. And now they're, mm-hmm. before they get married, they want to get their finances squared away. That's great. Maybe they've already been married and what they're doing isn't working. You know, mm-hmm. and so right. now there's baggage, whether it's financial or even how they approach their money that they have to undo first and then, you know, focus on that. So our journeys are going to look different because we're starting at different places and then we all have different goals that follow it. Mm -hmm. So I love how you address that. Sometimes we're making fast progress. We're going up that hill and sometimes we got to pause or (laughs) go down. Dust yourself off, right? And you you go back at it again a different way. Exactly. Because it's all tied together. I think there isn't a perfect budget. There are some great tools out there. There isn't like this one path that's going to make sense mm-hmm. because we're in situations where maybe you mentioned, and this happened with us, uh, we weren't exactly on the same page with the how. We we had an idea like, okay, definitely want to pay off the debt, but the how, the pace at which to go mm-hmm. with. Also give yourselves grace for that as you figure out a budget that you're both happy with, especially with families. Now that you're on the other side, at any point while you were paying off this huge amount of debt, were you frustrated either at the speed, you know, of it or even the process of it? If so, like, how did you stick with it? So, yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. So, huh, good question. I think that number one and most important for me in terms of sticking with it is like celebrating small wins. Yeah. Celebrating and appreciating small wins. So, when you pay that first $1,000 credit card off, that's a win. That's a milestone. Yeah. And don't like belittle that. Or when you pay that first 500, whatever. Maybe it's I haven't overspent in the last 30 days. Whenever you see mm-hmm. changes or, or progress, like celebrate those, appreciate those. One of the things that I did, so we were still kind of using just basic uh, spreadsheets and printing it out. And I would print out my um, budget and put it on my refrigerator. Then after the month was over, I would file that over the over time, I built kind of a nice little uh, file folder of budget sheets. I would actually go back through and look at my budget sheets to see progress. And it was like, for me, therapeutic to see cross off or, you know, yeah. that we had made, okay, we can do this or whatever. I would start to see my, I, list, I had listed all of my items and all my debt items in a little section. And I had a whole section and I would see those numbers shrinking. That would especially in the times where things were not so dynamic because paying $400 a month on $40,000 of debt in the beginning, it's like trying to, um, I'm looking at a lot of snow, trying to snow, you know, move snow with a straw or something like that. It doesn't feel like it makes much. (laughs) It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. But after you look at that over, over months and then years and stuff like that, then you can kind of remind yourself like, oh, wow. 
even though I'm feeling like this is kind of slow going, when I look back at where I started, because I have this winter, mm-hmm. and we can even do that now with our tools, go back and look through your history, you know, pull up your, go back and, and look at your progress and look all the graphs and all the pie charts and everything, all the nice colorful tools and stuff like that. Look at that history and, and reflect on that and just remember like, wow, I have, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not yeah. where I started. You know, I'm, I'm much further beyond where, where I've started. So keeping a record, maybe journaling, this is mm-hmm. that, you know, journaling, go back and read how stressed you were about not being able to stay on budget. And now you're budgeting in your sleep. Those things are, even if you can't necessarily see them or maybe can't touch them in, in a physical sense, that's still like concrete progress. That mindset shift, oh my goodness, just to, you know, the, the okay. point where now, and I can even see this in my budget sheet where my husband started to come on board. And so now you see more of his notes on the budget sheet where yeah. before he was just like, I, I don't agree with this. But now he's like making, then once we got on, we were still arguing about how yeah. to approach our finances. And you can start to see more of his notes and stuff like that. That was another milestone for me. I was don't minimize even small wins. Those are going to be huge fuel for for your momentum or just your mental sanity, your your personal motivation, because it's going to take some of that. You have to figure out what it is that, that you can keep yourself motivated to go because the debt item on your school wall mm-hmm. list or however you do it, they, you know, there there might be an extended period of time. So how are you going to keep yourself going and 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 excited and and juiced up around, about continuing to make that progress? And yeah. for me, it was looking back at my budget. Yeah, I love that. And I never would have thought like how powerful journaling could be because we're all different. Some of us are visual. Our mutual friend, Michelle, she loves the vision mood boards, mm-hmm. like establishing that and, and tracking progress with that. But journaling is also a great one. It sounds like you've picked up some really good financial habits as you're developing that muscle and paying off debt. What habits have stuck now that you're this new phase, you're more in the investor side, and which habits or mind shifts did you have to make because now you're no longer paying debt and you're investing? Mm, good question. I would say, honestly, right now, the habit that I don't even struggle with anymore, recognizing needs versus wants. Okay. That's something I don't struggle with at all anymore. Or I don't allow the temptation for the shiny thing. I am thinking now about, okay, so I can go spend my money and, and basically my hard-earned time on this shiny thing. Shiny mm-hmm. That'll look nice in this plant photos. Or I can stay focused on the goal right now, which is investing. We're having to save more and invest more, which again, they don't have immediate payoff. You know, yeah. like it's not something I can touch. I'm not buying a piece of property every month, right? I'm not buying mm-hmm. every month. Or I don't even know what the next thing is, but I know that I'm going to want to do something. So I have more of a focus on using my money or diverting my money to things that are going to build wealth versus mm-hmm. um, spending for trinkets that don't have any long-term value. Now, there are some things that I like to eat, like travel. Like I like, yeah, that's the most kind he likes to So those are things like I plan for, make mm-hmm. sure that we're doing with cash, that we can pay cash for it, that I'm not traveling with streams with cash. So I like to say I'm not coming home and having to worry about how I'm going to pay bills later. I think the thing I think about too is I don't want to be in that place. I, I do yeah. think that I don't want to be in that place where I am um, burdened by debt. For me, debt was a sense of, it was stressful, you know, sort of mm-hmm. anxiety. I don't like that anxiety. I like 
the, the options. I feel like doing so, like investing my money or buying property or thinking about, oh, I'm buying this and my children will one day be able to benefit from this. Those are the things that give me like joy and a sense of freedom and like even creativity. Having to spend on on things or items that are just going to pile up interest in the terms of debt and debt or or that I'm going to have to be kind of juggling or or shifting or borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Like that was not an existence that I enjoyed at all. I don't want to go back down that road. I think those are kind of the things, both the positive and say the thing I want to avoid that kind of keep me in this place now of wanting to maximize and be super, super efficient with the money that I have. You know, it's like we only have this, we have a finite amount of time and productive years and energy. I'm going to like maximize it. And I don't want to spend that time paying off debt. Yeah. Ever even more time, I should spend enough. I don't want to spend yes. time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and you brought up something interesting, like opportunities. COVID and the financial fallout, depending on where you were, if you were in a good financial spot, I've heard from a lot of people, new opportunities, or they took advantage of opportunities on the other side of, unfortunately, seeing where they were just at the beginning and their employers put pressure on them, kind of leverage that they had to keep their job. And maybe they made decisions that they felt didn't put their family's interests first. Mm -hmm. So for those listening and they're at the beginning of their journey, I'd love to maybe share some encouragement for them. Now that you've paid off that weight, got that debt off your shoulders, what opportunities have opened up for you because of that? Okay. Oh, I love talking about this. So we have in the last, I'm going to say five or six years, maybe a little bit more in the last five or six years, been real estate owners for about, probably like going on 20 years now. We've had real estate, but in the last maybe five or six years, we've really started to think about developing a portfolio. Okay. Um, And where like rental income and would become a major passive income source for us. One of my goals is to achieve uh, financial independence. Basically, financial independence is where your passive income exceeds your your monthly living expenses. And and so we have delved into some things that I never would have thought for. We obviously started adding to our real estate portfolio from a perspective of rental income. But we've also taken advantage of the opportunity to save and build up cash so that we've been able to like purchase real estate, purchase Mm -hmm. houses and flip them. That was something I did in or 20, maybe 2018, I bought my first home, bought it for cash. And then- um, Wow, that's a big accomplishment. We flipped it and we Mm -hmm. we were able to sell it. Now, I will say in that experience, we didn't make um, a profit in the actual transaction, but Mm -hmm. what that transaction did was give me the confidence to know that I could like assemble a team and go, because I know nothing about construction. I'm not even interested in like swinging hammers. That's not interested at all but the idea of applying property fixing it up and then adding that to our portfolio of rental income is something that was a good fit for us the next year from that experience that we made no money from i think we on paper we lost five thousand dollars from that experience we ended up purchasing another property and two years later i think we made seventy thousand from that those experiences Mm -hmm. have come because we Number one, freed up my, our, you know, cash flow to do mm-hmm. some different things with. And also just 
taken that that burden, the stress of worrying about finances off the table. Now we're yeah. hmm, some creative ways for adding to our bottom line. After that experience, again, and mm-hmm. I think just meeting the people that I work well with on reno- on renovating houses has mm-hmm. led to now we've purchased, talk about the opportunities that happened as of COVID. I probably wouldn't have thought about this had not everybody come home and been remote. So yeah. we ended up moving to a vacation town, which is about mm-hmm. 80 miles outside of the city that I, that I currently live in. We bought a property that our intention right now, we're in the process of renovating now to turn it into a vacation. And so that number one we can use. When yeah. I want to come up here because it's a nice place. <laughs> but also that pays for itself and also generates, we're looking at the passive income so that we can accomplish our goal of financial independence. So these are some things that when we're not stressed about finances, we're not fighting each other about mm-hmm. finances. So it's just whether to buy a place here or where to buy this place. So those are the kinds of debates that we have now, right? It's about progress, about like how are we going to build wealth? How are we going to provide for our family? How are we going to leave a legacy? for our children's children, which is something that is definitely very important to me. Those are the discussions we're having now because we're not bogged down in, you know, do I pay my car note or do we pay our Chase bill or do we pay, you know, or do, mm-hmm. or do I buy some shiny thing to make me feel okay for, you know, make me feel a little bit better for, for the next 30 days, but then I have to keep up the notes on it. You know, th- those are the types of things I'm looking at now purchases that will put money into our pocket versus take money out. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from speaking with Tony. The first is being on the same page with money takes time. Ideally, this is the first step that the two of you sync up on the process of how, but the reality is it may be that one of you starts taking those steps to becoming debt-free first, and then the other joins in later, as was the case with Tony. Now, she still made progress in the meantime so that her husband was seeing the wins they were having and eventually came on board. The second takeaway is the perfect is the enemy of the good. I get it. You want immediate results, especially when you have a ton of debt. You want to throw as much money as you can towards your debt snowball, avalanche, whatever the plan is. However, for many families, the way through this is to start with where you are now and then build up from there. The last one is focusing your energies on the big wins. It might seem like I'm contradicting what I just said about starting where you are, but let me explain. One of the things I want you to do, because this is going to take time and energy, is to look for big wins and give your attention there. With your habits, you're going to give attention to those keystone ones. These are habits that almost like in a domino effect, that if you take care of this, the others fall into place. 
going back to last week, we were talking about getting fit. Doing a small workout in the morning could be a trigger for you to have a healthier breakfast. And then with that momentum, your lunch is also a better option than what you typically get because you already had those small wins in the morning. When it comes to your budget, is there an area, maybe two, where you can save a nice chunk? I know pre-pandemic in the early parts of COVID, a lot of families noticed how much they were eating out. With that money saved, they were able to make some significant progress with paying off their debt or saving for their goals. Maybe that's the same area where you can have a win, or it might be something else. It's not just your expenses you should look for wins. You can also look at ways to increase your income. Maybe it's a side gig or hustle, negotiating better at work, or looking for a new job. You may be surprised that switching companies can give you a much better raise than you could ever get at your current one. These changes are not always easy, but they can really move the needle. If you're going to put in effort towards something, I can understand that you want to get big results from that. This might not be an overnight debt-free story, but as you heard with Tony, it's still worth it. More opportunities can open up when you're not tied down with debt. If you want to get more resources on how to pay off your debt and simplify your finances and more, please join our community. It's free. Every week, I update you with the latest episodes, videos, and posts, all focused and geared towards you reaching your family and financial goals. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash listen. I'd love for you to join us. Special thanks to Tony for being a part of this episode. If you want to learn more about her or grab a copy of The Great Debt Dump, please go to DebtFreeDivas.com. And if you're looking for more support on your debt-free journey, come join us in our Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're there to support one another with our goals. I'll include links to Tony's book, site, and our Thriving Families group, along with other resources to help you with your debt-free journey over on Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, we're going to continue with another debt-free story. But this time, I'm going to be speaking with Jessie Fearon about how her family paid off their debts, including their mortgage, on about $50,000 a year income. She has a lot of creative tips on how to make the most out of your budget. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you catch your podcasts. The theme and music today was from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, Thank you so much for your support. I'm so grateful for you not only listening, but also sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. Please reach out to me if you have any questions and ideas. If you signed up for the community and get the emails, all you have to do is hit reply. I read all of your messages personally. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. <music>